0: Yes sir, this is Maserati West, Wes Barkley And you're listening to the best wrestling podcast out there Wrestling Cheers, where
1: everybody knows your name
2: Taking your way in the world today Takes everything you got Taking a break from all your worries And welcome back to Wrestling Chairs, where everybody knows your name, especially when we're here to crown the winner of a tournament. This is Wrestling Chairs. We like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review of last Friday's AIW show, the Chandler Biggins Memorial Tournament. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your is fine Podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean Wrestling Cheers.podbean dot com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers Instagram.com, Slash Wrestling Cheers email. If you so choose a desire, resting cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said, this is a review of AIW's Chandler Bacon's Memorial Tournament. And, you know, I decided since we did all of Go For Broke together, we did the preview together. Let's just end all of this with, you know, the whole crew. So you got myself. We got Charlie Butters. Hey, yo, I'm back again and we have Jay Gold.
1: i'm back a little bittersweet this time around but i am back ready to finish this up
2: a little buttersweet <laughs> uh, 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 what was the one joke i had yesterday about butters about you someone said something. Oh, um shit i can't remember i said oh fuck it had something like oh the next time you get a girlfriend i'm gonna say this fuck i should have wrote it down that,
1: sound, that sounds like something we should discuss <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, it was a play. it was just a play on the whole nickname Butters. Oh, uh, Nutter Butters, yeah, that's what it was. Oh man, all right, yesterday guys, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was it was pretty crazy, but we're here to talk about the Chandler Biggins Memorial Tournament. Um, we talked about everything coming into it, obviously, we did the preview together. I'm not okay. Let's actually let's get one thing out of the way. We got some criticism on last week's episode, which hey, I'm I'm perfectly fine with. But it came from one Ed from Pod Van Dam, and we'll we'll get into it more, uh, especially as this episode goes on. He called us out because we said there were going to be too many matches with interference. I mean, he was more criticizing that we said that too many matches have it. I mainly said two. Now. There is the idea that Jocelyn could have played a factor in a match. There's the idea that Ziggy could do the same, and along with the Duke and Eric Taylor, or to say, well, the Duke didn't wasn't going to really come out, but at least Eric Taylor. And for the most part, you know, did some of them, you know, get involved somewhere way or another? Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd say so. There wasn't necessarily like a big interference, but we'll get to all of that. A little bit later because uh, somebody might have been wrong. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't any of us. That's all I'm going to say.
1: There was minimal chicanery.
2: Yeah, and it, especially in the two matches I mentioned. <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't know how I would normally say like you know like what were your expectations coming into this show, but you kind of already heard them. <laughs> if you don't know what they are, go to last week's episode, re-listen yep. to it. Uh, that, that was yep. all. That was all of our expectations coming in. How did it feel? Just coming back to the Odeon oh, one more time. Um, not like it's going to be the last time, but, you know, just kind of coming back, especially with you, Josh. Uh, did you listen to last week's podcast with uh, the Razor Sharp uh, theme song at the same so, time?
1: So let's let's discuss a few things. First of all, the Odeon, it, it, it feels it's it's the best venue to watch anything as far as wrestling goes. There might not be a better venue to watch wrestling. My brother and I went in there, we said, you know, we just get in there, it just feels right. The vibe of the place, the music playing, everything felt great that night and everything felt grand and the tournament really had, you know, we got a chance to see Steve Guy walk into the arena before the show started and he had the cup with him and that was kind of cool um, and it, it, it was, it, it just, it, it met all of our, our expectations. It just, it, it was perfect for, um, for what we wanted it to be um and the night felt really good and um yes i listened to razor sharp's music but i did that separately and i like to hum it uh, during the day but um yeah we but i also i meant to say this i panicked last week before the episode came out because i believe due to our timing the aiw podcast got released and they discussed dom not being in the tournament and it threw my whole brain off because then we were coming out and I, and then I all I could say to myself was, holy crap, I got everything wrong because that whole side of the bracket gets messed up once Dom declares himself ineligible. So it that was a crazy week just thinking about everything getting into the tournament and we'll get into that. But, you know, there's nothing better than coming to the Odeon and seeing everybody and hugging and just listening to music and having a drink. And it was just great. So...
2: So a little peek behind the curtain, we recorded last week and actually this week on Sunday night. The AW podcast came out on Tuesday. I mean, we kind of speculated that maybe Dom wasn't gonna be in the tournament, what we weren't a hundred percent sure. So we we went with that. Then, you know, with the AW podcast, they officially announced that he was out. It was down between me coming in and re-editing because I actually had the podcast already ready and ready to drop by the time uh, the aW episode came out so didn't get enough time to re-edit it or at least come back in and edit me saying hey we recorded this on Sunday night before the aW podcast instead minor uh note is in the description of last week's episode I don't know how many people read those descriptions but that was the main thing I could do just had a pretty busy week last week and couldn't do it. And one thing I'll say this about the Odeon that it's not their fault. It's not AIW's fault, partially my fault, but fuck, does the parking situation suck at the Odeon? Normally, I was always able to get there by a certain time. And now, like, I have a job that's closer, but my hours are a little bit different. And pretty much the earliest I can leave is six o'clock. By the time I get to the Odeon, like, with all like those bars in that area everything is full i circled the Odeon probably about three times going in all the parking lots opening one opened up and the one by uh margaritaville was like temporarily filled and they weren't letting anybody in for a while so that was completely out for me luckily i got into a spot on behind the Odeon the last time i had been there i i couldn't find a spot. And the thing is, too, and I understand why, like, those parking spots, too, are, like, just the right size for a car. And I'm not saying, like, oh, there's enough si- room for, like, you to get in out everything. No, it's, it's just enough for the car. And it's a lot of tight spaces. And there's some of them, like, especially in the parking lot across from the Odeon, that it's near impossible to park in. So... Definitely.
1: I did hear some complaints, yeah, but from a lot of people.
2: Yeah, so I, I mean, I was somewhat one of them. Like that was probably the latest I've ever uh, got to an AIW show where I wasn't coming in after the first bell. And even then, I think the only time I've really did that was when I showed up either at intermission or after a little bit after at intermission, which is rare. But fortunately, I did get in, did get a spot, everything worked out. But God, does that shit suck! I got to figure out a different way to. I got to get there a little bit earlier. Other than that, uh, the, I mean, the only big things for me, because, I mean, there wasn't no big meet and greet for the show, so we got nothing really to talk about there. Um, I I bought figures there, and no, Kayfabe Collectibles was not there, but I bought uh, five figures, four from the WWF Stomp series, and that actually now completes the entire Stomp collection for me. And oddly enough, one year ago today of this recording, I bought my first one at Time Capsule Toys, so within a year I was able to complete it, and almost a year to the day, just two days off. And I was really happy about that. And the fifth figure I picked, I will be getting signed, and that is Sunny. So I'll we'll be getting that signed at Sunny Day. So I'm really, really excited about that one too. Other than that, like there's, there was nothing else for me.
1: Well, I think I think this tournament was very. You, you knew what you were. We were getting. We were going for. You know. And I think that was the best part of what friday night was it was a celebration and a, and a way to you know first it was to wrap up go for broke it was to celebrate you know biggins birthday um and it was to you know celebrate it, it just felt like one giant celebration as far as biggins goes um and to to celebrate also if you think of it this way celebrate the young talent in aiw because they have a lot of guys who are on their way up and i think you know duke said it on twitter the next day this was a a bunch of guys who are who are all making their moves and and you know really starting to make their names so this was a cool almost like a breakout breakthrough tournament um and and we knew you you know you just that kind of excitement is for fans who really enjoy aiw and the product and i think that was a very cool way to wrap up go for broke
2: i mean go for broke as a whole and you know this show too or real big showcases on, you know, what AIW in this area can produce. You know, not everybody in this tournament is necessarily, like, a big star. But you got a lot of up-and-coming talent. People that I expect to see a lot more of, not just in AIW, elsewhere, over the next few years. I mean, and you got some definitely some younger teams in there. Or younger wrestlers, because, I mean, some of our teams. But, like, I was about to pivot towards, like, someone like Mikey. Who... You know, the Bitcoin boys get out there, but I think they're going to get out there more. You got a guy like Ethan Wright, who this was pretty much where he's going to have a chance to shine even more through go for broke in the tournament. So I, I'm I'm kind of expecting a lot more from him, too. So any and everybody on this had a lot to prove, whether it was winning the tournament or just showing what they can do and without being like overshadowed on a card by some big name talent, which is great to always have those. But, you know, going back to the beginning of last year, you know, built to last, that's kind of what this show was, but, you know, a little bit more stripped down because you still had talent coming in from out of this area, like coming out and at least coming in from New York, because I know we had some creative pro guys on that show. Other than that, you know, this is a pure AIW show. And it was, you know, if we're going to memorialize Chandler Biggins, you know, that's kind of the way to do it. And for me, you'd love to see it. All right, let's get into this card Absolutely, and let's start with that opening round. Started off with, which was kind of surprised me, a first round match. I thought we'd start the off with that wild card round match, but nope, first round. We had Trey Lamar versus Mikey Montgomery, who was coming out with Eric Taylor. So kind of expect a little, little something from Eric Taylor here. But uh, any thoughts on this match? I I think one thing about having Trey uh, be starting off with the match, and we we'll, when we finish, we'll talk about something else with him. But you know that that's a guy that I I watched his debut match. I watched his you know also the the big scramble match with his class and how much he's progressed since then. And you know over the past year or two, you know it's it's been a different Trey and honestly love seeing it and just kind of to get the pot from the crowd for Trey Lamar was totally awesome to see. So thoughts on this match jiggled.
1: Think of it this way. I mentioned, I think before that those two guys, Mikey and, 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 uh, and and Eric are, they really impressed me. This is the summer for them. Um, Eric, not being in the tournament while disappointing his presence at ringside was, um, was really good. He plays the role really well. Um, they did not need Duke. I thought a couple of times I said, well, where's Duke, you know, why didn't he come out with them? But I think Eric, uh, doing his thing, he really worked like double and triple overtime, uh, this, this night. And, um, he was a nice fit there for Mikey. And, and again, um, not to say, you know, not to say anything, uh, you know, Mikey getting the, the buy screwed up my whole, um, bracket, but him versus Trey Lamar to kick it off was, I mean that's fire. That's how you that's how you start off a show, and and the crowd was super hot for it. And of course, we have our you know our friends who love Mikey in his Power Rangers, uh, whatever white, gold, blue, red Ranger Alpha Megazord outfit he was wearing, and uh, and and Trey, you know, just his steady, uh, professional, um, just like his, his perfect self. And it was it was a good, a great opening match to start this show
0: sound like such an old man. You kids and you're a Nintendo.
1: <laughs> I don't watch Power Rangers. Well, Ed mumbled something to me about what he was wearing, and I was just, I looked at Ed, and I just shook my I was like, yep, okay, I got it. I, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Ridiculous.
2: Yeah, Jago, do you always sound so fucking old? I am. <laughs> like, you sound older than you actually are.
1: Uh. <laughs> I'm morphing into that puppet from Jeff Dunham. That's what's turning. That's what I'm turning into. I'm becoming uh, his his old, grumpy old man puppet.
0: Oh, I thought you were saying you're turning into Ahmed the, the terrorist.
1: <laughs> no, no, the old man. That's who I'm turning into.
2: No, I, th- I thought it was more Jose because you got to stick up your ass.
1: Oh, <laughs> that is just uncalled for. If anyone doesn't have a stick up his ass, it would be me. It would just just a, i'm just a grumpy old man when it comes to references <laughs> about power
2: rangers and whatnot but yeah how old were you in the 90s like 30 f-
1: close <laughs> well in my late in my late teens early 20s
2: so so what do you think about pokemon
1: <laughs> i didn't know anything about it until pokemon go came
2: out yeah you're old yep <laughs> so on this week on the aarp section of the podcast uh, jay gold will tell us about his his favorite places to eat dinner at four in the afternoon
1: <laughs> I would like to hear Charlie Butter's part in this one now. Instead of everybody railing on me, I would, very, <laughs> I would very much like to hear Charlie's opinion on that match. I only screamed over at him the whole time, saying my bracket was just busted and destroyed.
0: Yeah, it was uh it was a lot of fun, man. Like they they busted out a lot of cool stuff, and uh this is definitely the right match to open the show and get everybody hyped up. Um, And it definitely also, I think, busted a lot of people's brackets because a lot of people, like, instantly was like, no, Trey's going over. Like, Trey is, you know, Trey's Trey. He's going to advance in this and, you know, face off against Derek and got us all, man. He was he was the real – that was the real bracket buster match. I mean, now there's other ones that were too, but I think that one was really the – everybody had no doubt that, you know, Trey was going to advance, it felt like, and
2: there we go. But that was – Hold on, hold on. The audible – Hold on, now, before before you – you butt in here Jigold. we have to mention because he's already yelling at his radio his headphones whatever it may be there is at least one person that did not think that mikey was gonna lose and that's ed that's true <laughs> because he he okay he called this one of all the shit i'm about to give him later he called this one and there was no happier boy at the end of this match than ed but jiggled you were saying
1: Oh, that but that's where I was gonna go with uh, the uh, the sound when when Jay Clemens counted three, the sound of joy that came out of that section of the room, and the gasps from everybody else who could not believe that Mikey won that match. that was that's wrestling. That was the best part of that match, the 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 uh, emotions that came out afterwards um, from that section of Ed. And, and Pat and those guys and in the, in the AIW faithful and then the other people in the crowd who did not see that coming you know Trey's fan club and the people who love him so that's that's that dichotomy that like change in, in emotions that's exactly how you want to start off a show and that's that was the best part about it at the end that, that really made that match kind of tied up in a nice bow was the reactions of the crowd
2: so yeah um, Mikey p- picks up the victory and shocks the world. Oh, well, most of it. <laughs> if there's nothing else to say about it, let's move on to the next match. And and hopefully we don't talk about this uh, particular match longer than the match actually was. We started with Kaplan and Raiders of Sharp here. Should have started the show, but fine. Let's get the second match in. Um, I think the only thing we can say is uh, number one. I was right. <laughs> and maybe even collectively, like we were right. Ed didn't believe us and was wrong because there was interference. Imagine that. Because this match was only two minutes and 17 seconds. You had Josh Bishop, actually, no, Wes Barkley come out through the crowd, kind of caused a little bit of distraction with the ref. Out comes Josh Bishop with a chair, hits Kaplan with it, razor sharp, manages to get the victory. One, two, three, and razor shirt moves on to the next round, so right there we were right any any other thoughts on uh, this match uh butters
0: you ain't ready, <laughs> oh man, this was uh as soon as this happened, uh, you and I were like looking at each other, we're like, see exactly exactly, this makes so much sense. uh it was too perfect not to happen, so it's, it's nice being right, you
2: know, every once in a while I, and we. I, I, we both Sorry, looked we both looked over to ed and was like mm-hmm, what you were saying you were saying He's like all right all right yep yeah. okay okay
1: you got you got to give razor by the way some credit because uh, Kaplan beat the crap out of him for for a minute about a minute and change and his he has, razor has that like crew cut with like the long hair on top he was so disheveled after he won like his facial expressions were great like sam looked over at me and he and my brother looks over and he goes he goes, look at Razor. He's, he's mouthing, I won? Like, he had the he, – he played it off perfectly because Kaplan just pummeled him. And I honestly thought that the, – Butters, you were right. Him going up for the split-legged moonsault was the death of him because then it set him <laughs> up for Bishop to just clobber him. But uh, I give Razor a lot of credit, man. He, uh, he, he, he played it off really well. And, uh, uh, you know, the crowd was so super happy. And yet, conflicted because who doesn't love Kaplan? He's that. I'll tell you a story later, but who doesn't? That guy is the best. But Razor going over, perfect. First two matches, you guys called it. I will say, you know, I'll, I'll say, you, you, we said minimal chicanery. I guess I wanted to uh, not believe that it would go that direction, but it was so perfect. The booking was so perfect. You guys called it right away. It, You know, I, I wasn't mad at it at all.
2: I think that's uh, pretty much all we can say about that match. Let's move on to the next one. We finally get the Academy killer, Ethan Wright, versus PB Smooth with Jocelyn Navarro. And uh, this was definitely a real big test for Ethan Wright. Thoughts on it, Jay Gold?
1: Great match. I got to say, Ethan Wright has won me over. Um, Really fun match. Look, every match in this tournament was really good. Was well booked, uh, didn't drag. This one had a chance to, uh, you know, either steal the show, or you know, there could. Some people are conflicted on Ethan Wright. I gotta say, first of all, PB, he's the man. He kills me. Jocelyn coming out with the the lip balm will always not, you know, will, will never not be awesome. It's awesome, and Jocelyn rules. PB looked great. That the the, the tights were ter- terrific, and Ethan Wright. Is such a perfect, he looks like a professional. He just looks the part, you know. And uh, I was very, very entertained by this match. It really felt like a really hard fought, fought match. And Ethan Wright won me over. I can't wait to see more of him. It was, it this was a good one. This was just it, in a good spot. N- there was no nonsense in it. It, it, it all made sense, you know, after coming off of two matches where people were surprised. This match delivered on workmanship and, and, two guys who really can go and are going to be stars and it was it was I have no complaints and no nothing I thought it was
2: a great match. Thoughts so on the match, Butters?
0: One of the touches I really liked about this was every time we've seen Ethan Wright wrestle uh when he would lock in the figure four you kind of knew the match was, you know, over like nobody rolled out of it and countered it and it was never used as like just a rest hold or anything like that. It was always, you know, if he locked it in, that was the end of the match. So while he was working over PB's knee, I mean, he worked that a lot of the match. So that kind of made sense. There was a story there with that. And then when he did lock it in, it got reversed and then PB was able to lock in his submission and that was it. So, uh, that was, I was really surprised, um, PB was able to defeat the Academy killer. It was, uh, I, I was really shocked. It was a really good match. and uh, But the the story they told with him working on the knee and everything like that and, you know, working on a body part, now you got to go into the next match, possibly another two more matches with a hurt knee. It's one of those fun stories to, to watch unfold in a tournament.
2: And it's even one of those things, you know, it can affect him in the all these matches, but at the same time, you know he could manage to power over it and still win, right? Because I think was it is it today is the anniversary of Kurt Angle winning a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. I
1: thought it was yesterday. Okay,
2: well, but I knew I seen yeah. it. I couldn't remember if I seen it yesterday or today. Despite uh all of that, Pretty Boy Smooth uh made Ethan Wright submit to advance the second round. Let's move on to the next one. Next up, we had. The Duke versus Derek Dillinger. And, uh, you know, Derek, a heavy favorite coming into this. I mean, if there was going to be a bracket buster, it would have been this match right here. The Duke pulling out a victory. Uh, What were your thoughts on the match, Butters?
0: So this is one where we definitely saw a lot of uh, things come into play and who could outsmart who. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was very happy with the match. I thought that it was uh, better than I I kind of was expecting it to be. And uh, you got to see a different side of Derek. And I feel like every match we got to see a slightly different side of him as a wrestler. And I thought that was really cool. Um, And this one was, you know, an old school style with with him. And I thought it was a
2: good match. J. Gold.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if you guys noticed, but I feel like Derek... Worked as a a baby face the entire tournament. Um, The fans were really, really strongly um, behind him uh, when he came out. Uh, And I got to give Duke a lot of credit. He he, watching him and go for broken. Now Duke can wrestle. I mean, he's a big man, you know, and Derek and him. Derek did a buckle bomb with Duke. I, I don't know. if. And I looked up into that like crow's nest where all the guys were and thorns face. Like there was this huge smile and like wow look on his face when Derek got him up to do that that either power bomb onto the buckle or whatever. um these guys beat each other up hard, uh Derek took a lot of uh uh punishment, and again eric taylor m v p again for me, there he was, you know working both sides. Ziggy absolutely played off the wild dog you know that she is um she was nuts a lot of that night screaming and and you know. Just foaming at the mouth, like doing whatever she needed to do for Derek. Ziggy was awesome, um, and that was that. That match really, you know, for the first round, it, it was very, very intense. And uh, and I give credit to Duke. He only had to do one one shot that night, but he uh, he was great in that match. And I, I was really happy when Derek took the win. Um, you know, I, I was I didn't need my bracket busted any further than it was.
2: You know, it kind of sucks not seeing like someone like Eric Taylor in this tournament at all, but you know, Mikey got to shine a little bit, and it's so much fun to boo the Duke, even though for some reason Thrift Store Jobber was uh, rooting for him. I didn't know when, when uh, that crossover happened, but on to Ziggy, I had a private conversation with her last night, and we were just kind of like talking about a lot of things, and we were kind of talking about going from Jinx to Ziggy, and one thing she uses, and it, it use the right um, metaphor, and that's Siggy Heim is like a chihuahua, and that's how she describes it. Chihuahua. And as soon as she said, I was like, yep, I fucking see it, because the shit she does with fans, like, on this show and the next day show that we'll talk about next week, that's what it is. And it's so much fun, and it's a complete you know, 180 of what I saw her do as jinx. And it it makes it feel like it's a different person. Like, obviously you can look at her and go, you know, that's the same person, but there's character differences. And that's something not everybody does when they, when they do a name change, like she has overhauled a lot of things. And, you know, it, I think she's in the middle of like changing a bunch of other things. So just the interactions with the crowd as a whole, so much fun. And, you know, this was the beginning of it for the night for her. And yet, yeah, as uh, Jay gold said, uh, yeah, it was a uh, Derek, you know, uh, pinning the Duke in, in a pretty, uh, pretty fun match. That's, I mean, it's always fun to watch the Duke get his ass kicked and lose, but you know, it's also fun to see Derek, especially someone that us three picked, pick up a victory. Let's move on to the next match. Next up, we had Wes Barkley versus Razor Sharp. So, I, uh, this was the other match that we were kind of like talking there, you know, potentially could be interference. And yeah, um, That's what happened. Not necessarily how I expected it to happen, but still you had Bishop coming out, uh, causing a distraction, giving Wes a chain to use. Wes knocks out Razor Sharp. Out comes PME while the ref is still distracted, make waste of Wes Barkley, and then they run. Razor Sharp goes for the pin one, two, and then kick out. And unfortunately, Barkley did get the victory, but another victory... Was two matches that got interference that someone named Ed didn't think was gonna happen, and it fucking happened. He was not ringside for this particular match, but as soon as intermission happened, I went straight to him and went, Mm-hmm, what were you saying now? What, but the uh, there's not gonna be inter- there- 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 too much interference, so uh, what's what's happened out there? Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway, just going over that one last time. We were right, Ed was wrong, but he was right about Mikey. I will give him that. Any other thoughts on you know West Barkley pulling off this victory? Start with. I, I, well, we'll start with Jay Gold.
1: Sorry, I like to. I just want to say I like to see Philly Collins beat people up in a polo shirt. That was just awesome. He was wearing like a blue, like a like an aqua light blue polo shirt, and still doing his business. I like that. That made me feel like Arn Anderson when he would come in and spinebuster somebody for Ric Flair, like from out in the crowd when when it was like TV wrestling. I, I like Philly and and Marino coming in in street clothes and and beating people up. That was awesome.
0: Butters, yeah, man, I was so excited when they showed up and uh, you know hit their move, and I was like, oh man, this is this is exactly how we called it. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Razor's gonna shock the world again, and West kicked out. <laughs> Once that happened, I was like, well, we know how the rest of this tournament's going. So yeah.
2: I wasn't 100% sure, but we'll obviously we'll get on to how this uh, unfolded even more, but I think that's pretty much all we can say about this particular match, right? Yeah. So move on to the next one. And if I'm correct, this was the beginning of the second half, because I believe uh, as soon as the second round hit was second half of the show. First half seemed to go by fairly quick, quick Mm quickish, but... Um yeah. So we started off, well, started off with the first half, Mikey Montgomery versus Derek Dillinger. And uh you know, we we said a lot of how Derek was in the first match as well as Ziggy a nice uh repeat for them. Thing that I, I will point out was and I did post this on Twitter, it was very hilarious to listen to Ziggy mock Ed uh while Ed was ringside while he was rooting for Mikey. It's great. Uh, thoughts on this match, butters. Yeah, this was probably the show stealer for
0: me. Uh, this match was insane and the finishing sequence was just, holy shit. Uh, this was, this was awesome. I actually want to go back and rewatch this again to, to see everything. Cause I might've missed some stuff cause I was just going crazy
2: during it. I think it's hard to exactly say who stole the show, but two candidates are in this match. Uh, I did have a conversation with Eric the next day. He said Mikey stole the show. I said he was at least the first candidate that I can think of for the show, the Steeler. But Derek's another one, and it's hard to pinpoint, like, which one truly stole the show. Maybe there's there's a third candidate, and we'll talk about that later. But I'm going to go with these two, and maybe with these two having this match, it kind of potentially stole the show, but I don't know. Uh, I have mixed thoughts on it. Uh, Your thoughts, Jay Gold.
1: Well, well, I think I think Derek first of all committed a murder a few times during this match on on poor Mikey. Um, I again have said before I think Mikey's extremely creative in the ring. Um, and, and having this like Derek is is you know Derek is his he's just big and and he kind of reminds you of like his body type is kind of like a biggie or somebody like that. It's just he's he's all sorts of like you know thick in there and and almost you know he's he's doing power moves and Mikey is um is aerial and can do a bunch of different things you know as far as his athleticism it, it played exactly you know both these guys are able to adapt to each other's style and man oh man these i mean great match and and you know i don't know if you want to talk about that sequence where he where mikey jumped through the ropes you know um derek swinging him into the guardrail. Uh, like he would do with Ziggy, except not onto a person, just headfirst into a guardrail a few times, powerbombing him into a post. I mean, kudos to both these guys. That that spot got the crowd. I mean, if the crowd wasn't already excited, it exploded during that that spot right there. I mean, that was top notch, and maybe the only way you were going to get Mikey out of this tournament because he was he was red hot. Um, that was that was a hell of a of a way to. Uh, to make yourself known those guys really really put themselves on the map with that match
2: your thought butters
0: i already said my that's right you did so you used to just jay gold just starting off and just talking for 75 minutes i know
2: jay gold doesn't that talk every feeling <laughs> jay gold doesn't talk every week on a podcast like so i think i can kind of understand it
0: i get it yeah I, i'm not complaining i'll sit here and listen to jay gold talk about it all night he makes good points so
1: <laughs>
0: okay that doesn't that that I'll feels talk- a little better <laughs> His balls you got to do that regardless but
2: <laughs> yeah um, it was you know Derek pinning Mikey to advance to the finals let's move on to the next match Wes Barkley versus pretty boy smooth and with this match you had Jocelyn ringside as well as Josh Bishop but unfortunately they both got tossed so it did come down to just Wes and just pretty boy smooth. This is where I thought we could have potentially got revenge from Kaplan because he necessarily didn't, didn't get a shot at it. KPME okay, came out to try to get their revenge for money coming up, missing and no Kaplan to be seen up for that one. So it made sense for me to, for him to come out, but he didn't any other. I well, not any other, but any thoughts on this butters?
0: Yeah. Uh, Clemens don't play, man. Did you see his windup when he threw them out? That was, <laughs> that was, uh, corporate, t- corporate wrestling level when he did that. I was amazing. I think you'd see that on like, uh, two or five live
2: or something. Uh, it was, I, it was so good that we saw it again the next night.
0: <laughs> yeah, we did actually. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, this, uh, yeah, you know, they you kind of knew there might be some some shenanigans and uh once they got thrown out, I was like, okay, well, you know, PB had the would have the advantage if his knee wasn't injured. And Barkley, obviously, smart man, gonna go right work on that knee, gonna, you know, pull some shenanigans and uh, you know, do what Rip City does. So yeah. Gold?
1: I, I like to think the reason Kaplan doesn't come out is because Kaplan will handle all that stuff in, in his own time. He's not, he's a more in your face guy. He's not a cheap shot guy. Um, I like to kind of, I would like to think that that's why he didn't come out. Um, but also he was looking like, uh, the villain in the GTA, uh, uh vice city all night. So maybe he just didn't want to ruin his clothes while he was uh, smoking that cigar. Um, but, uh, uh, the, the match was great. Again, PB really should be his next level. And, uh, and, and, you know, you, you could just tell Wes is, Wes was just heating up the whole time and, and it was just, just the right way to go. That's a semifinal match. That's exactly how it should go. People were super excited. It was, you know, he had the Barkley nation in there. I just, that's when I started, like I was by the bar and I realized that we were right there with Barkley nation and, uh, they were rabid that night and they were absolutely nuts for that match. And it was really fun to see. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just a really good semifinal match between two of the top stars in AIW and, and you know, the ending could have went either way, but super satisfied with that match.
2: I mean, I wasn't 100 percent super satisfied. I wanted smooth to make it to the finals. I think Derek versus smooth one more time to add to this kind of, you know, pretty boy smooth versus the production feud I thought, I thought it'd been great, and especially there's been over the past year or so, a lot of back and forth between, you know, Derek and Smooth, but we, uh, we didn't get it. Wes pinned him for the win. And, uh, we got our finals at this point, Wes versus Derek Dillinger. Let's move on to a non-tournament match. What is AIW without a scramble or a nice four-way match? We got Riley Rose. Chuck Stone, Casey Carrington, and the returning Chase Oliver, which I was so happy to see watching this dude, you know, post on Instagram all the time with these fucking just cut up pictures. I'm like, he's got to be coming back soon, right? Got to be like, when when's it going to be if not? So when he, he came out, it was super great to see him. So thoughts on this match jiggled.
1: I I came in, uh, I was talking to Kaplan outside. So that's, he, you know, I I was talking to him about his, his, you know, construction jobs and everything. Kaplan rules, by the way. So I, I came in this match in the middle, um, and pleasantly surprised that, uh, to see, uh, chase Oliver back. I, I, he, I, I, I am a huge fan. I think he looks amazing. If he could just stay healthy, you know, he would be ready to take the next step. Um, so he's fantastic. You know Chuck Stone, I, I I love Riley Rose has been uh, he's some we 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 kind of jumped on his bandwagon at, at Go for Broke, so um, yeah, really good scramble. I like the showcase for for Chase and uh, and I'm glad to see a bunch of guys got else uh, also got in on the card. So yeah, no complaints. Great way to like separate the tournament a little bit, give people a little breather. Uh, so there's not all that emotion you know running through you, and, and you got a nice chance to to see how, you know, see more more people on this who'd probably deserve to be on the show um, and showcase more of the talent. So, yep, good stuff.
0: I was giving Arthur a lot of shit uh, at the uh, Saturday show because, you know, he was out there. He got hit with a bunch of stuff, but he didn't bother to really interfere in the match, and he said it's because he didn't want Chuck to look weak, and I'm like, well, Chuck wouldn't look weak. He would have at least pulled off a victory, and uh, he, he did not do that here um the returning chase oliver just you know just went out there and and went crazy with it and took out two of the uh you know younger roster members and then you know really well, it wasn't an issue to take out chuck so it just i I think uh arthur needs to work on his managerial skills um but I'll i just, do like that casey carrington butters he 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 always shows out he keeps yelling about always being in the same match with Riley Rose. And it kind of makes me like think to myself, like don't let certain people hear that. Cause you'll never have
2: another match.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't be facade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't be facade. Uh,
2: well, th- there, is, there is a difference on, on that. The fact that uh, uh Casey Carrington is an AIW student, number one and number two, that's all going to change going forward. And we'll talk about that when we review the nightmare on North Elm Street. Any other thoughts on this match?
0: It's always super cool to see a Shooting Star Press live.
2: It was nice to see Pac able to get out of his AEW obligations for the night and come come to Cleveland to Aiw to have uh, this particular match. Now, all yes. kidding, all kidding aside, for okay. Chase it looks fantastic. Another thing too, like I had posted this thing on Twitter. Uh, earlier last week because I had seen that it was the anniversary of when the production won the tag titles. So there was like a group picture of all of them. And I think I got, I got the idea from Magnum's Instagram account cause he posted about the anniversary and I took the photo and I used it on Twitter and said, you know, where are they now? And it's sort of like, you know, look at Dan Housen and how much he's done. Look at Eddie only. And you know how much he's done, maybe not necessarily as much as Dan Housen, but look how much he's done. A lot of stuff has changed with Frankie, um, Magnum, you know, unfortunately, you know, having to step away. So, and I mean, Derek too. I tweeted that up obviously before the tournament. You know, this was a guy who was kind of a, you know, background player a little bit. Just when it comes with the production, and now, you know, it's him and Ziggy, and you know, he's going to be a part of the tournament. And then, you know, bringing it back to Chase, I happen to find the match graphic of Danhausen's debut. Unfortunately. Dan Housen wasn't in the graphic. It was the production at the time with Colby Red. And on the other side of the that match was no consequences. And you look at a cuz the match happened in like I think I believe February of 2018, but those pictures were taken in 2017. So you had a 2017 Trey Lamar, a 2017 Josh Bishop A 2017 AJ Gray. You also had a Gary the King Baller in there. Unfortunately, not really wrestling anymore. You know, but he's off making the big money. So you love to see that. But then you had Chase, a 2017 Chase. A night and day difference. Really, almost all of them it was. But like Chase is one of those. I was like, oh shit, that doesn't even look like the same dude. So to have him jacked up. Yeah, to have him back is awesome. And I'll I'll say this about Riley Rose. You know, that's somebody who, you know, he debuted in Go for Broke. You know, the fact that he was in the first two episodes and it's someone we've all kind of had our eye on. He hasn't really had a you know, anything breakout wise in AIW, but he's somebody I, at least I don't know about you guys, Nick. I'm I'm keeping my eye on him. I'm I'm waiting for something big from him.
0: Most definitely. I'm sure he'll get a big break soon.
2: All right, let's uh move on to the next one. Uh, we thought we were going to get to the main event at this point, but no. Uh, Josh Bishop comes out and he issued an open challenge for anybody that wanted a shot at the absolute and intense championships. And we we hear a a vaguely familiar theme, and it was either going to be one of two people, and one person we hadn't seen since pre pandemic, and we knew the other guy was in the building, but no, it was Weird Body, Evan Adams. And uh, that was awesome. We, d- we did hear that, you know, there, there were two surprises for the night. And I didn't I don't know about you guys. I didn't necessarily know what to expect. And of course, they announced that after uh, we had recorded the episodes, so we had no speculation on it. But, you know, the two surprises were right here of Chase and Weird Body and looking out you know, what this is for, for the, you know, former part owner and I was going to say founder, but he was not a founder. But, you know, Chandler Biggins, so it made total sense. Like if you're gonna have two dudes come out, like these are two dudes that are gonna be on that list to come out for this night. And uh it was so awesome. Uh thoughts on this match? Jigold.
1: I um I just enjoy I, I love watching Josh Bishop wrestle. I think he's as I I've said it a million times, how how well he's presented from AIW. I think he's getting better and better every time he wrestles, every week. He looks the part and He's he seems to always be game for anything, and then watching him wrestle the Weirdster, um, I have not seen Weird Body the Weirdster in a in a singles match before. I always saw him with uh, with uh, Worldwide, um, and oh man, he's like wrestling a spider monkey. He's like all over you. He could, Bishop could not get him off. Bishop could not stop him. Could not pin him. He was just constantly choking him or putting him in a hold. I, you know, I enjoyed that it, it, it didn't have to be, I mean, it became a monster, you know, foot on your neck squash type of thing, but you know, weird body really d- did his thing and he, he, you know, I, I, know he was very close with Chandler and, and I know Chandler loved him and, and, you know, that was a great, great way to, um, to pay tribute is to put him on there against Bishop. So, yeah, I, I mean, and none of, you know, I, I'll say it, I'll say it because, you know, we're almost to the end of the matches, but none of the matches felt, long slog you know I didn't I didn't get tired during the show there's some wrestling shows you go to where there's too many matches or some of them are just not energetic even there was not one match where I felt that way this one I felt you know there was just air in your lungs while it was going on and it felt really good and watching these guys beat each other up all over the crowd Bishop just tossed him all over you know all over us so it was uh it, it was great no complaints and and it was a cool way to to celebrate you know biggins in that spot
2: Mutters.
0: Yeah, man. So this was a fun surprise and I was like, oh man, I was like, I don't know if Weirdster's going to get any offense in. Uh, I was like, oh, this might be, you know, a squash like we've seen other places. And then when he started like just catching Bishop and like Bishop was just kind of laughing it off like, are you kidding me right now? And he just didn't have an answer for a lot of what uh, he was getting, you know, what was being thrown at him and stuff like that. And then he was just getting frustrated, more and more frustrated. And then finally he caught him and then that's where it kind of Devolved into, you know, quite a bit of a beating and, uh, the chokeslam suplex through a door is like one of the coolest things. Like I love the chokeslam suplex that Bishop has. And I love that move so much. Just so cool. And, uh, getting to see that through a door live was, was awesome. And, uh, Bishop is just one of those guys. Like he has this presence about him and it's just, he's, you know, like Jake that said, he just gets better every time you see him. And he just, just the little things he's working on and just, He's becoming that complete monster. It's so cool. And uh yeah. I just I this was fun and I was glad to uh get to see Bishop have a match on the on the show and not just, you know, do some interference and stuff and uh was happy to to be able to see another Josh Bishop
2: match. I think the only thing that maybe kinda sucked and I mean it is what it is, is I really didn't expect Weird Body to win. Though There is a part of me that wanted Weird Body to win to all of a sudden the uh, match the next day versus Kaplan was no longer a title match and uh, maybe Weird Body would have a title defense and anything, but I don't know. That's just uh, partially wishful thinking or something funny I thought would be uh, cool to see because, you know, I kind of go back to when the Weird World won the tag titles. That was so much fun. And then, you you know, they come out the next show and they end up losing to to infinity and beyond and you know most people not name orange flacity absolutely hated that but you know for a weird body it is what it is or Weirdster. i didn't catch Weirdster. um whatever you may call him you know his his twitter is uh evan ambrose and when they put this on cage mash they put it under evan ambrose so i don't know and whether this is to a one-off for him or uh, maybe he comes back for Rager, which is kind of what I'm hoping. You got to have Weird World at Rager. So if we could see like both of them in an AIW ring again versus, I don't know, some tag team, I think it'd be great. But, you know, as expected, Bishop pins the weirdster, weird body, Evan Adams to retain the absolute and intense championships. Let's move on to the main event. And this for me, was a show stealer. And rightfully so when it comes to tournament matches, you gotta have that last match be amazing. And I, I'll, I'll at least say it was. Derek Dillinger versus Wes Barkley. And the winner of this match could challenge any champion whenever they want. And uh, I think the first thing we gotta mention real quick, Derek got bloody as fuck in this match. And to me, that is one of the the biggest moments of it. Because, like, he didn't just bleed a little. He bled Eric Ryan, hell on earth level of bleeding. And that is insane. Thoughts on this match? Butters.
0: This was a hell of a main event. This was a brutal war. And I wasn't expecting it to go at all like this. Um, I was very sad with the ending. Um, but at the same time, like, kind of happy because, like, I like Wes. I liked both guys I wasn't really going to be super upset with with the outcome uh but it felt like so close so many times they had such good uh like little spots and segments that really made me feel like oh man this is it this is it this is it and then you know we got that final one and I was like okay no this really is it and I still had a little piece of me that hoped that he was going to kick out and the match was going to go even crazier but it didn't and uh I mean a little disappointing, but not the match itself was not, it was an excellent match. Uh, I put this up there against a lot of other matches. Um, this was really great, a uh, really good way to end the tournament.
2: And uh, yeah. Jay gold.
0: So, so let's,
1: so, so this is the one we were all waiting for. This is the one I've been waiting for. This is the one that we've all talked about, you know, the finals we talked about it the entire series. How is this going to end? Um, and, 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 You know, I got a very, very strong vibe when these guys came out that you're looking at the future of AIW, both of them. This is the future, guys. These are the ones who, when we go on in two years, three years, when we see each other at at the Odeon, one of these guys is holding that belt, uh, the intense title. One of them could be holding a tag title. But these are your top stars. When you look at any company, you say, who are our top stars? Bishop, Derek, Wes, PME, you know. Here are the top stars, the, the Bitcoin boys, for the foreseeable future, PB. This is it. And these two guys, very reminiscent of uh, Bret Hart and Stone Cold from WrestleMania 13, where, where Stone Cold was bleeding all over the place. That picture I put up on Twitter today. And, and, you know, he got a lot of momentum, even though he didn't win that match. You know, Derek got the momentum that he – I think he, he's been craving. I think he will have that shot again. And Wes and Barkley Nation standing next to them. We were at the bar watching this match. I was too nervous to sit in my seat. And, and, and what, listening to Barkley Nation, these guys were crazy. The crowd was in a frenzy. It felt like no one was sitting. It felt like at this point in the night, everybody got up and they were just like, this is nuts. And every spot these guys did, you're right, was absolutely nuts. And Derek bled all over the place. The Jr. proverbial crimson mask. Wes had it on him. You know, I love when the guys get it on them and they're just like, you you don't know if they're bleeding, but they're just in a battle and there's blood everywhere, and they were using all sorts of objects. And Ziggy was nuts. She was standing on a chair, giving the middle finger to Barkley Nation, the double, the double birds, just screaming her lungs out at them, telling them to go fuck themselves. She was nuts. And it the, the whole scene was so chaotic and exactly how you want a tournament to end. You never know when it's gonna end. The spots were nuts. I think I slapped Butters on the back two or three times to be like, "How is this going?" Like I couldn't get myself in a mindset to see it end because it was that fun of a match, and that's uh, and that's why we go to wrestling, right? For that fun feeling, that endorphin rush of watching that. Yep. In the end, yep. In the end, I was on my knees, upset because <laughs> Derek, I picked him the whole way through. He didn't lose anything in this match. He gained a ton of momentum. The fans were so much; ha- they were so happy for him. Like the, everyone was cheering for him, except for Barkley Nation. Barkley did his job. Derek did his job, and in the end, we got a fitting final and a fitting finale to go for broke and to this tournament. And holy crap, Summers! I think you mentioned it many months ago. Those two guys now against PME, holding all the titles. Like, I mean, the sh- it is the summer of the shooters. That's nuts. That's going to be a crazy scene if they happen to do that.
2: All right, let's uh, let's let's talk about this. Entire ending and, and everything. I still think the better call. I still think the better ending is Derek winning. Derek is somebody. I know he's not AIW built because he did come from outside of AIW and he didn't necessarily go through the school like some other students. I think he did go through regularly, but it wasn't like this big like we're going to have a you part of a debut match. He debuted with a production, but watching him evolve. And all this has been so awesome to watch. Literally, I remember being at a show the day after Absolution, where he debuted, and I hugged him, and I said, welcome to AIW. Granted, I know I'm not a part of AIW, but still, it's just cool to see him now a part of the roster. And I, I do love Wes, but for me, that's not what I wanted, and I still think we should have gotten Derek. I don't like the idea that we're going into this actual possibility that the shooters are going to have all the titles. I wanted something to change. You know, I like Bishop too, but I don't want him to have both titles forever. There has to be a way out of this. And I thought Derek was going to be it. He was going to be the one to take one of the titles off. And I thought it was going to be intense because I know that's a title he really liked. But now, you know, we get Wes winning. It was uh, Wes West pinning Derek, Like I said, bloody match. That part, the match was very fitting for the final. Having these two was fitting for the final. I might have preferred for Pretty Boy Smooth to be in there, but I'm not a whole objection for Wes because at least he was also a part of this story throughout the tournament, and there was a lot of things that made him, Josh, and many other people a part of the top things to watch for Gopher Broke. I just... I just wish Derek would have won. And I know other fans echo my sentiment, but the one thing that I will say, because this is how I I look at professional wrestling and deal with people online bitching about match results. Just because what you wanted didn't happen, don't totally shit on it. I'm now willing to see where we're gonna go next. Because it was, you know, right after this. Um Wes simply put, you know, PME, you're next. Out came PME, and you know they had a a minor brawl to end the show, and PME, you know, ended with their titles held high in the ring. I do think that's a cool match, and if it's not going to be, you know, Derek winning this tournament to get one of the titles off Josh, I'm interested. I'm, I will be interested to see who does, because really, when it comes down to any storylines or anything in AIW, that's it. Everybody is going to have to be the ones to go after Josh and go after Wes. So I hope they don't win the tag titles, but you know, if, if they do, that could be part of another story to get some of the other titles off of Josh. Well, we will see how all this goes. Any thoughts on the ending a little bit more jiggled? So,
1: so my, my one point I would say to you, Summers, I, I get where you're coming from about how you, how you wanted it to end from a business, strictly business standpoint. Look at the amount of people that came to see Wes. Um, for an AIW business standpoint, he draws people. He brings people, um, and and the fans. He's the number one baddie, if you want to call it that. You know, you have you know you have uh, Thanos and 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 you have uh, uh, Apocalypse and everybody else. You know, you have all your bad guys. Wes is your bad guy. Duke, I get it. I think when I first came to AIW shows. Uh, i was it was my understanding, Duke was the guy. You everybody wants to kill Duke. Now you have this young, like just v- verbal, you know, intelligent, just uh, he, this kid wh- every time I see West now, he's getting better at th- his matches. I've seen rolling, you know, f- uh, clotheslines from him. i've seen I've seen him go into matches where. I thought when I first saw him, like when he wrestled, I think it was Eddie back in uh, at Welcome to the Party. And I think a couple other matches where you remember when Barkley Nation first started to become a thing and people were just upset with them because they were insane. I'm seeing a transformation of this guy's wrestling and he's going to be he's not the biggest, but he's not the smallest. He's a perfect size to do what he has to do. I believe he's going to beat people up or I believe he's going to take a beating. It's the right move, I think, for Wes. And Derek is going to get a shot because I think Derek is going to become a good guy. I think th- there's no reason not to book Derek now as a face. Everybody loves him. They were so impressed by him. He bled all over the place. He he's got that, you know, just that charisma. He has Ziggy, who you guys love. I love. There's no reason now that now you have your light and dark. Your you know, you're good and bad here. And, and, you know, I just think it was the right move business wise. And I was super excited for everybody involved. And yeah, I mean, uh, um, Uh, I get where you're coming from. But I think from from a standpoint of how this is playing out, I think they made the right
2: move. I'm going to disagree with you on the best bad they have, because if there's anybody that's kind of hated or at least he just doesn't have this same amount of fans as everybody. Because, yeah, Wes is bringing all these people in, but they're rooting for him. So, yeah, they're bringing in money, but that that doesn't make him the best bad. You know who the best bad is they're rooting for
1: him, but they're the bad guys too. Barkley Nation is the bad guys. They're the bad guys. If you want to look at it like that, I don't mean bad guys like they're bad people. They're right. the bad guys. Like the AIW faithful are the good guys. You and Butters and Two Legs and everyone else who goes to these shows, you guys are the ones. You're the good guys. You're the you guys. Are, you show up. All the AIW faithful. Barkley Nation comes in and they take over. You know they become the bad guys. You know what I mean? Like it's. I get they're rooting for him, but they're rooting for him because they know their part also. They know their boy in there is the bad guy and they're rooting and they're pretend they're playing the heels also. Just that's just my, my image of it.
2: No, the 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 best bad guy right now in AIW is Ethan. Right.
1: I gotta see more from him before I call him the best. But he's good. You know, I, I like I like his music. I like his presentation, but he is not he is not West Barkley level hot.
2: He's not Wes Barkley level of, you know, like Mike skills and everything but you're like if you were to like talk about everybody in AIW like what's the one guy that most fans don't like it's Ethan Wright and most of the time like I'll root for Wes I just wasn't rooting for him against Derek there is nobody and I, I pretty much believe nobody in AIW that I will uh, root for Ethan Wright against he just had a match last night with Tim Donst I've had a thing where I mean granted I, I like Donst Genuinely, but he's a dude that I do like to root against, at least pre-pandemic. Since coming back, though, that has changed. But even Ethan Wright, like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna go back to that. Now, if it was, you know, for Tim Don's like Tim Don's versus I don't know, Chuck Stone, like yeah, I'm probably gonna root for Chuck Stone. I'm not rooting for Ethan Wright at all.
0: You're and not it, doing that because he hasn't connected with you enough yet. All these other guys have been around a lot longer, so they're doing that. Wes Barkley you connect with him you're friendly with him so yeah i can see people cheering for him but guess what people weren't cheering for him when he was facing matthew justice and fonzie everybody was clearly on justice and fonzie's side against bishop and against wes and that line is blurred now with josh and them because we don't have the we don't have matt we don't have fonzie against him he is de facto. Like Stone Cold. He is that good. Uh, everybody loves cheering him because he's a bad guy and he's different. And he's it's all shades of gray at this point. It's not clear cut bad guy. Good guy. They're going to do shady shit. But at the same time, you love them because you love them outside of the ring. And I think that's a clear different thing. If they you know, were shitty to everybody outside of the ring and all that kind of stuff, they would get way more heat. But they're good people, so they're not going to do that. So the faithful are not going to boo them, even though technically they should be. Uh, it's just that's just how it is. Like Ethan Wright is not connect He does. He doesn't have all these connections with everybody. He's not going to be that well loved person. And and if he you know, if, unless he goes and does that, if he doesn't want to do that, then he's not going to do that. And that's you know that's going to be on him. That's what that is. It's not he's the bad guy because I mean the bad guy got put down by PB. So I mean. That's, that. that's really the end of the Academy killer story. Cause he wasn't even announced it that that uh, the next night anymore. So that, that little era of him is done. He's not the big bad. He's, he's a guy that people probably won't root for because they don't connect with him yet, but. I mean, if I had to look at it, who's in your main event scene? It's it, Josh is not a good guy. Wes is not a good guy. They are the bad guys. Clear. Like there's shades there, but they're very much more lean towards that the bad guy side of that spectrum. So,
2: well, the first off, that doesn't necessarily work always in AIW just because of how we are as fans, but also with me, that doesn't work with Ethan Wright. I I don't necessarily connect with him on like oh we're friendly outside of the ring, but that's a dude that I watch outside of AIW. Literally, when he showed up at Akron, I was one of maybe, and I'm saying maybe, five fans that knew who he was, and I was excited to see it. Is he someone that was on like the top of my list outside of AIW? No, but I knew enough about him, and I'm, I'm still happy that you know, he's in AIW. He might not connect with me as much as like a guy that I could really get behind, because I think there are some things that need work, but I think that's going to happen more over time. And we'll see that happen, you know. Right. You know, he just had go for broke stuff, which was you know pre-recorded, not in front of the IW crowd. I think there's going to be stuff there, but there's something about him that is easy to hate him, and I think he captures all that re- that part of it really well. So yes, just because we're not friends outside of you know the ring, you know, I'm running to his merch table and talking to him and all this kind of stuff that that doesn't that doesn't line up for me for him. I still think when he walks out because. Uh, he's not necessarily an AIW guy and not an indie guy. And he has the background of being trained by Harley race. And maybe he uses that a little too much, but it kind of gets people to hate him. And I, and I think in the ring, you know, he's that part of him is definitely good. There's some other things that that are going to need work, but I don't think there's anybody else that collectively everybody in all the fans at AIW don't like. Anything else to add, Jay Gold?
1: No, I think uh, I I I think we we covered it for the for the end there. I think uh, I think that's that's going to be you know it's going to be controversial, but I think that's the best part of tournaments, and and can't wait to see you know the future as far as where all these guys are going to go because we really did see the future of AIW tonight.
2: I was meaning on the discussion of all this that we're talking about, not just the tournament, but yeah. And for me, like it's you know nothing nothing against AIW or, or any of these. These wrestlers, I just wasn't like too thrilled for the ending. But like I said earlier, I'm willing to see where we go
1: mm-hmm.
2: because just because we didn't take uh, the particular route that I've thought made more sense or made me more happy, but doesn't mean we can't, we can't get to the kind of the same destination maybe later. You know, we do have, well, we should have gone for the gold in Jadelet next year. Derek can be a contender to win both of those. Or one of them, whatever it may be, but he'll be at least a contender to win one. And we have, you know, probably like what, six, seven months, eight months before we get to get the gauntlet. But it's going to be interesting. I think when we talked about earlier about, you know, breakout stars or um, to who stole the show, there's a part of me that does go, okay, I'll, Mike, he's a candidate, Derek's candidate. and I said earlier, there's one other person stealing the show. Wes Barkley stealing the win. So it probably comes down to those three.
1: Definitely hit that. you hit that right on the nose, the, the who Mikey, Derek, Wes, uh, absolutely. The, the stars of this tournament with PB, not far behind. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, they, that that's, you know, the MVPs of the tournament, if you were to, to look at it, you know, even though Mikey only went two rounds, um, he, uh, Oh man, he did he did a lot of special things. So I think um, I think you can give you know strong consideration to him um, and strong consideration to to the to the two main eventers. I mean that that's just how it goes. Derek Derek worked his butt off, and Wes is uh, you know the winner. So you got to give the winner some credit. And uh, you know in, in in the end though, I'll, I'll say you know it, it's a good springboard for a lot of these guys. Their performances are going to mean a lot in the future for the company. So. You know, it, it doesn't matter who's the exact MVP. I just, I think anyone who showed out the best they could is going to be, you know, is going to have a really bright future.
2: Anything else to add, uh, Butters?
0: No, I'm really happy with how everything turned out. And uh, I can't see wait to see, like, how we're going to play out these stories and uh, what's going to come out of this. It was really good. It was a fitting uh, tribute for Biggins, I feel like. And uh, felt really good at the end of the show. I thought it was... It was definitely a very good, fun tournament. I don't know if this will replace anything, but I really can't wait for next year's um, version of this and uh, could be even more fun.
2: I definitely hope the tournament comes back next year. I hope we do something Chandler Biggins related. Maybe, you know, we go back to the 2020 idea of the Biggins Bowl. Um, Anything to honor Chandler Biggins. He, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again, he's, you know, the reason that this show exists. And it's just him telling me that he wished I had my own podcast to review or preview and talk AIW because there's a show that I was briefly a part of, at least for roughly a year or so, where um, I talked to independent wrestling with some friends of mine from England. And I had my segment on there called The Ohio Indie Report. And I talk about shows that I went to and all that kind of stuff. And that's where it was like, okay, we'll bring on, um, I'll have a, I'll do a pre recorded thing with Jock Sampson. And when that episode came out, that's when Biggins told me uh, at that show, which was uh, Point Break. And literally the next day I created a Podbean account and his, you know, his memory lives on with his show because granted, it's not necessarily something he created or I took from his words. It was just something that happened to line up is, you know, this whole thing of, you know, wrestling chairs, everybody knows your name. And I've talked about it before of the local scene, you know, how we're, you know, like a family and especially, you know, this particular week. Uh, or two or where that's been highlighted for different reasons. You know, Biggins was in the interview uh, with kick out at two and I was listening to it, uh, re-listened to it again after he had passed. And he talked, he talked about that same thing about how we are. And it's not just, you know, uh, a wrestling show, you know, it's, we kind of have a community and looking out for each other and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, his memory lives on with his show, this podcast, I should say. And uh, hopefully we get to honor him every single year I don't know, you know, even if the jail coming back, maybe uh Chandler Biggins Memorial tournament uh, replaces it instead. I uh, will, we'll see what happens in 2022. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go. Jay gold.
1: No guys, it's been a pleasure talking about this show from beginning to end. Um, just, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun seeing it unfold. And, and I was very, very happy to be a part of it uh, with you guys. And as a fan, and be at that show the other night live, they all, you know, the love you guys had for biggins. I didn't, I never knew him, um, you know, and just to see how you guys talk about him and see the impact he had, you know, even through the show, they do the go for broke, but the, the end of it, you always know that it was going to culminate, culminate in the Chandler biggins tournament, the biggins bucks. Um, it, it, it's wonderful. It's endearing. And, uh, and, you know, I, I was really happy to be a small part of that, you know, tournament sitting in the crowd and cheering with you guys. And it was a ton of fun to see it live with you too, as we did this show, you know, as we went on. So, uh, uh J gold 12, um, see you guys soon. And, uh, you know, thanks for, for dude going on this journey with me through this. This was a lot of fun.
0: Butters. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters. And uh, you can check out my podcast, IWTV Guide, where I just did an interview with Mr. Joshua Bishop, uh, which was a lot of fun. And uh, I also have a special thanks. Um, On the Saturday show, I got a little dehydrated towards the end of the show um, and uh, a bunch of really wonderful members of the AIW family uh, came to check on me and make sure I was doing okay. So I want to give a shout out to Reese, Stacy, Pam, you, Justin, Amanda. And I told her I was going to do this and she told me not to, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Chandler's mom, Patty, for the prompt medical attention. You're all wonderful humans and I appreciate you, uh, more than you'll ever know. Thank you so much, uh, for everything. And, uh, it, it made me feel a lot better about driving home by myself after, you know, speaking with you all and, and getting calmed down and uh, feeling a little bit better. So thank you so much.
2: Let's uh let's talk about Patty one real quick second. I knew you were going to, you are going to mention that. So a very fitting way to end the night and God, I loved it. There was a, a banner, The uh, one of the Gopher broke banners, like all the wrestlers signed it. And there was a put up for a raffle. And because this was given away right at the end like there, there was that part before the Josh Bishop match where they were going to do it then. And Josh did say like, oh, like raffled away at the dive bar. And I'm wondering if people took that seriously because when it was the end of the show and they're like, all right, we're going to, you know, finally raffle off this flag right now. They went through what, like five tickets, maybe, maybe yeah. a little bit more. But it was, it was enough to where you call a number and obviously it's like, uh, we did the last four digits and, you know waited around for a minute or so, you know, hey, does anybody have it? Does anybody have it? Does anybody have it? No. And we had to repeat that so many times. And the winner ended up being Patty, Chandler Pickens mom. And, you know, that was (laughs) that was very fitting. And like we everybody cheered. Yeah, I mean, I think we would have been kind of happy whoever got it. But being her, like that was that was awesome.
0: Yeah, that was an ultimate uh moment. I, I definitely was was cheering for that. That was great.
2: And she says she listens. So, Patty, thank you for listening to Wrestling Cheers. Trust me, it means the entire world to me. So, as far as plugs go, for me, you can find me at Jay Summers 330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email if you so choose, a desire Wrestling Cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at What a Maneuver. .net. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. your are ever listening this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Podbean, rest and And you can find all the links for all the social media and every place you can find the show in our link tree in this episode's show notes. You can also check out our friends on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside Eurovision Showcase, the spanish announce table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The Indie Cast, So Bros Network, Biff Radio, Off the Hop Rope, Game Works Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, The Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds With Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mikes, Dark Match Podcast, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends such as The Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, The Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Toy Hio, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. And we'll talk, pal, later.